Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, John Watson was back. He often joins us on a Monday or a Friday, normally to look back on the weekend's football, but of course, we can't do that at the moment. No. But well, we um, did look back on the weekend's football. Kind it was of. about 35 years ago. Yeah, there is a lot of old football being shown at the moment yeah. on TV, and uh, Motti's voice adorns much of it. Yeah. So uh, he took us on a bit of a trip down memory lane. Likewise, we had one of a slightly later vintage, 2014, at uh, the Brazil World Cup, and uh, a game of lookalike cricket that we played on Copacabana Beach. You'll, mm. uh, you'll hear that. We've raided the archives. Rupert Bell has taken up to commentating on a quite a strange... He has. call it a sport, really. Yeah, you'll he's, hear that. he's trying to keep his hand in commentary-wise when yeah. he's not working, but uh, you'll hear that. We had a little bit of a chat about we did. what we've been up to and various things, and we did Don't Ask Me. We did. And uh, I think that's about it. I think that more or less uh, that tells you the lot, really, doesn't it? So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. How's your week? What was your weekend like, Andy? What did it, it consist of? It uh, consisted of a lot of old football. I watched... Uh, the BBC did a good thing yesterday. They showed the whole of Chelsea versus Liverpool from 1997. Okay. Not just the whole game, but the whole broadcast. So it started with Dez and Alan Hansen and Jimmy Was that Hill. on sort of BBC One? What channel was it on? Uh, it's on the iPlayer. It's on the oh, catch-up okay. situation, right. and, as Glenn would say. And... Uh, and to be honest, I only watched the second half because we were 2-0 down at the first half. <laughs> Even knowing that you'd won, you couldn't bring yourself to watch the first well, half when you were 2-0 down. I the goals, you know. I just remember Luca Vialli from that match, the great comeback. Yeah. He was very key to oh, it, wasn't he? Oh, very much, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was some... And that weekend, they showed... Because the, at half-time, they showed sort of goals from that weekend. And it included Trevor Sinclair's amazing overhead volley for yeah. QPR against Barnsley. Absolutely, yeah. It happened to be that weekend. Remember that goal. In 97. So that was all good. I, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the football. I'm going to ask Motti about some of them. One game that he was doing, it was, uh, I think it was him. It was, yes, it was Arsenal against Watford mm. in 1987. I sent Perry, Perry Groves was playing. So I sent him a text on Saturday afternoon after his, I thought he did great with Sam Matterface. I listened to a lot of that show. Yeah. Uh, I sent him a thing saying, I've just seen you have a headed assist, a driving run from midfield, and basically diving for a penalty. Oh, right. <laughs> he said, no, there was contact. There wasn't any yeah, contact. Yeah. It's a proper dive, was it? Yeah. But the linesman was uh, Graham Pravda from Maidstone. Graham Pravda? <laughs> Surely that's Graham Pravda from Moscow. <laughs> you would think so. Honestly, I listened to it about six times. That's how busy I was on the weekend. I remember Graham Pravda. He had a great PR machine. <laughs> Never got any bad press to the old oh, Graham. No. Yeah, and honestly, when you the, the football when you watch it, of course it looks the actual football's fine, but the, the look of it's different. You know, oh, the yeah, shirts, of 
the shirts were billow. Billow. They, they billow. They definitely weren't by Untuck it, I'm telling you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just the things that with the VAR would have changed, mm. you know. There was one incredible moment. Which game was it? I can't remember now. Uh, I think it was in the mm. Everton, Everton game against Ipswich where Ipswich had a goal disallowed and then the ball went up the other end and they scored. Right. Everton. And, and no, you're waiting for around. VAR. Yeah, you're waiting for VAR. It just didn't happen. So there you go. <laughs> well, it wouldn't do because it's about 1980. I, I do think, though, I mean, you know, on a series of... I, I, I went for a walk along the river on Saturday afternoon mm. and uh, normally we live... You know, I don't have a garden, but we live very near, about 50 yards from the river and it's a lovely tow path and you can just walk along either side and it's great. And normally you'll see about one or two people, especially in the week you'll see nobody. On the weekend it's a little bit busier. But honestly, it was like Oxford Street. It was just ridiculous. Really? It was so crowded. Yeah. And runners running in and out. Every time a runner's going, stop running, stop breathing out. <laughs> and in the end I said to the wife, look, this is how we can't, let's get away from this. We can't be doing this. Yeah. So we've now evolved a new, it's 187 steps round our building. So that's it. It's laps of the building because there's no people there. So that's it. Really? So you, you, you I, uh, reduced to that? I Although walk- she did say, sorry, she yes. did say to me, uh, well, we could walk in the cemetery. I went, not that this, perhaps not really. Not your, <laughs> a bit too close to home, was it? Not your best suggestion. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, no, I was just saying that I, I walked my dog in, in some mm. woods near me, and most of the time, look, if the, if the weather's decent uh, now and again, you'll get a few extra faces, people with kids, without mm. dogs wandering around, but it was rammed was Saturday it? and Sunday, oh, completely rammed. I mean, look, people are in a big wide open space. They are socially isolated. Well, as long as that, this wasn't. This was everybody in a narrow funnel, no. you know, but, so but, everybody uh, was together. Because I think, you know, it was pretty clear that parents are just get they were getting stir-crazy. They've got all these young kids with oh, all this yeah, energy. Difficult. And they've got nowhere to burn it off. So, I mean, I'd say a big open wooded area is not a bad place to do it, but mm. the car park was carnage. I honestly. love the pictures of you doing the Joe Wicks workout. Yeah, so let's we'll hear from you this afternoon. How is your, um, your life changing uh, at the moment? The different routines, the different things you're doing that you haven't really done before. We'd love to hear from you. The um, My eldest son is back at the moment, and he said, right, we're going to... He kept saying, we've got to do a Joe Wicks. He does the old Joe Wicks workouts a bit, so, because in a confined space. So I said, yeah, right, I'm up for that then. I, I, I took to the running machine, warmed up a bit, and then then I, I was Joe Wicksed for 20 minutes. Man, that was a workout. Don't work out with a bloke who's about sort of 27. Very, very bad. Yeah, idea. it was... Uh, I'm aching. I'm mean, just work muscles. I mean, Joe would say, that's the idea, well, but I've worked it. muscles. I haven't worked for a very long time. Sumo squats... That seems to have caused me a bit of an issue. <laughs> Working some muscle groups I haven't worked for a while. So, uh, anyway, I, yeah. I'm going back in. It's the seven-day sweat challenge. We're two days in, and uh, I'm aching like a what's-it. Well, but, it looked, uh, it looked good to crack me. On. I mean, you see, old, he was in a little while ago, Joe, on the show. Was, was you in that no, day? I was away. You were away. He yeah. was a lovely lad. And he's doing a little PE lesson for kids. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, every morning. So he's oh, a little for very young kids. Again, they can work off some of the excess oh, energy. That's but, a very good uh, idea. Well done to him for yeah, that. They're very, they are very good. They're very easy to follow. And, um, yeah, we recommend them. Yeah, yeah you the need chance. that sort of thing. I did like this line there. Sunday Times published a whole load of because, you know, you get the whole British humour coming out. And this is the one that made me laugh the most. This was from a guy called At Iso Joe Jr. Not his real name. No, he's uh, obviously his Twitter handle. Yeah. And he says, uh, Day two without sports. Found a young lady sitting on my couch. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a few variations on yeah, that no, theme. It's isn't good. there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in, meanwhile, in Limassol, mm. um, some bloke is taking his dog for a walk 
by drone. Really? He's attached the lead to a drone. No. I mean, we would say don't try that at home because unless you're it's such really... such a bad idea if the drone takes off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you really know what you're doing with the drone. But uh, there's the picture, Andy, to prove it. Um, there's the bloke. It's a little kind of white... Um, sort of fluffy dog <laughs> attached to a drone being walked up and down the street. But yeah, say, only unfortunately, one. the drone is only about six feet. Well, it is at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if this is the thing. Well, the kids come in and somebody leans on the controller or something. Yeah. You've really got to know what you're doing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Now, Rupert, uh, I gather I haven't seen this or know much about it, but I gather you've been doing some commentary on your own. Uh, how would you describe this? One of your own occupations and hobbies. Uh, well, yes, indeed. Um, because I'm suddenly now not doing too much else other than planting pots, I just um, did a video listing the runners and riders in the great veg stakes oh. and gave a little bit of form guide as to how I think and hope they may perform over the coming months. Because I will be uh, ending up talking to my plants quite a lot because being in splendid self-isolation, the wife's already fed up with me, so I think it's better off if I start talking to the plants and, and encouraging them to perform well over the coming months. Um, does you, are you one of the you a bit like Prince uh, Charles, your old mate? Do you, do you, do you think it, do you think it works, Rupert, talking to your plants? Well, well, I just feel that you know if I'm giving them as much TLC and putting them in some lovely cherished oh. compost, that they need to respond in kind to the TLC that I'm giving them by yielding a fruitful bounty come a couple of months' time. I think we can hear, I think we can hear a bit of your commentary. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you oh, talking, oh, talking. Oh, Here we are, this. it's come to this. This is Rupert Bell talking to his plants, basically. It's come to this. <laughs> Give we, it a couple of weeks, mate. This we, will prove this gold. This will be gold. <laughs> this will be putting this in for the awards. Anyway, here he is, Rupert Bell um, commentating slash chatting to his plants. Under starters' orders in the great vegetable race here, and uh, just to give you a list of the runners and riders for this year's growing championship, that is Basil alongside Basil Cucumber, often been a good performer in this particular greenhouse. Along here, tomatoes, and it's all tomatoes and some yellow ones at the end. Down here, well, we've got squashes looking to uh, make a big impression. Runner beans are often also yielded great success in this particular area. Butternut squash, looking forward to see how they get on. More tomatoes right round here. We've got some peppers who are happy to be said have been very reluctant performers in recent years. There we are. Nice, Brilliant. giving it a bit of sport. Hey, the old South African jockey, Basil Cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to actually commentate on them growing. That would that be, that would be slow commentary, wouldn't it? Yeah. Although it could come to that. Oh dear. I, I'm, I'm hopeful, with the sun beating down in the Cotswolds on my greenhouse, mm. that the, the Basil might be an early leader. Um, and then I can get some basil, or uh, or as basil as my American wife says. But yeah. um, uh, I, I, you know, I've got to do something with my time, and um, I, I might as well get growing veg, even even if it's a, if, even if it goes horribly wrong. But you never know. We we heard you talking crossed. about your plums on breakfast last week, Rupert, and you, you've got <laughs> well, high hopes for them, haven't you? Well, they were they they did my plums last year disappointed hugely, but yeah. um, uh, it, and that was because the frost got at them. Yeah. Um, so uh, I hope not. Um, but this year I'm I'm looking to to bring my plums on. My pears have been disappointing, but mm. my rhubarb is looking good. So um, oh. and it's sprouting uh, elegantly near my cesspit. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Selling a little. Or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Chelsea, Mark Wright and Liverpool look absolutely bewildered. Where did he come from? Rude Hullet just leans back and savours the fourth goal. That oh, was an amazing cup match. It certainly yeah. brightened up your weekend this weekend, watching it back. Well, of course, it? I was there. I remember yeah. it really, really well. It's uh, my father-in-law's favourite game of all time. He recorded it and played it over and over to himself. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a brilliant match. It moment, was a great yeah. match. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, not for a Liverpool fan, obviously. Of course, Stan Collymore in his pomp. And yeah. uh, the goal he scored, oh, he yeah. basically accelerated like a train. What a player he was. Yeah, really. absolutely. Brilliant. Um, of course, John Motson was your commentator there, and uh, you've heard a fair bit of Motty over the weekend. I think that's going to continue. People are enjoying uh, mm. these old games, not just the goals and the highlights, but everything around them, the entirety of the match, the punditry, so Alan Hansen and, and stuff on there. Well, and, yeah, the Jimmy Hill and the great Des Lynham. Yeah. Tremendous. And, of course, the great John Motson. Good afternoon, Motty. Well, I, it's funny you should just have played that clip because I remember that match as Andy does at Stamford Bridge, you know, Paul. It was a fourth-round tie in 1997. Stamford Bridge was being rebuilt. I always remember the, the shed had been pulled down and that match was actually played on a three-sided ground as far as the fans were concerned. And I remember the Collymore goal, Andy, and Robbie Fowler also scored to put Liverpool 2-0 up at half-time. And then Rude Hullett, who was the Chelsea manager, as you know, at that time, he brought on Mark Hughes as a second-half substitute. And within five minutes, uh, no great surprise here, Mark Hughes scored. And then Chelsea went mad. Zola, 
58 minutes, um, 2 2. Uh, Viali then went crazy himself, 63 minutes, 3 2, 76 minutes, 4 2. And Chelsea went on to beat Middlesbrough in the final when, of course, Di Matteo scored what was then the quickest goal in a Wembley FA Cup final and Middlesbrough under Brian Robson were relegated. It was a classic Mark Hughes goal. He, he chested it down, turned and smashed it in low and hard. But one question I have from that game, Motti, I was thinking about this. When, in a live situation like that, would you listen to Jimmy and Alan at halftime or did you go off and have a cup of tea and, you know, do what you had no, to do? no. No, Andy, I listen to them all the time because they might say something, uh, you know, regressing a little bit into my commentary or they might come up with something that I wanted to use in the second half. And it was the same before the game. I always listened to the discussion uh, because I thought, you know, relevant things might be said that I wanted to refer back to. So, no, there was no sneaking away. I I think probably somebody gave me a cup of tea at the commentary position. That was the best I could do. It wasn't like, by the way, boys, before you say anything else, I must say how much I enjoyed that recording of you travelling on that train from Moscow to St. Petersburg. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Andy on vodka. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You can only imagine what that's like. Yeah, He doesn't drink it it anymore. It didn't agree with him. It wasn't good, really. I was also thinking, uh, John, because I was listening to, I was watching the excellent Jimmy Greaves documentary last week yes. on Beat a few weeks back, but I caught up with it last week. And I never realised that Barry Davis was a Spurs fan. Did, did well, he never admitted that, you mm. know, till very, I was going to say late in life. I'm not being disrespectful to Barry. He's, he's a very fit looking 82. Yeah. Um, but he, no, no, Barry would never reveal when he was commentating all through his career which club he'd supported. And uh, I suppose it's a similar thing with me with my Chelsea connections because I went regularly to the bridge, as you know, earlier before I became a commentator. Um, I think we were all very conscious then, of course, of being accused of bias. I mean, I've been accused of being biased <laughs> towards Liverpool, Manchester United, Tottenham, you name it. But um, no, I think the, B- the BBC then, of course, was very strict on neutrality and uh, keeping a distance between, you know, excitement and, uh, and, and joy. Um, so, yeah, I know he, he didn't admit it. And, mm. and funnily enough, I, I was looking through some other old games this morning. I, I, the BBC showed some yesterday. I've got a couple here, Paul, but I, I'm not not sure that they did show that might be just test your memory a little bit right um the sixth round of the fa cup 1978 um west bromwich albion versus nottingham forest at the hawthorns does that bring back any memories uh, uh yeah that was that was when i watched that one on saturday that was was oh, right they've done that one well that was when forest were facing chasing the treble in their first season up in the first as first division under brian clough hmm. and uh, they were on their way to the title um, and they later won, a few days later after this game, they won the League Cup in a replay against Liverpool. But West Brom sort of stopped their march that afternoon. West Brom then under Ron Atkinson. Um, Mick Martin scored and then Cyril Regis got a brilliant goal. Brilliant. And that put Forrest out the cup. Um, and in fact, West Brom didn't get much further because they lost to Ipswich at Highbury in the semi-final. Who went on to win it, of course. Mm. Well, another game they did that you did was Watford against Arsenal in 1987. Yeah. well, yes, it was. And I mean, that was at Highbury, the old Arsenal ground, of course. Sixth round, 1987. This was Graham Taylor's last season with Watford, mm. by the way. He'd been to Wembley, of course, in, in 84 um, against Everton. And he was hoping to get there again. They'd already knocked out Chelsea. They went to Highbury. And much against expectations, Watford won 3-1. 
And it was a very, well, emotionally, it got quite heated because George Graham brought back a midfield player, you'll remember, called Steve Williams. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wasn't supposed to play. He'd been out injured for a while, but they, they put him out to try and uh, surprise Watford. And he, he was very involved in a lot of incidents. But the facts of the matter are um, that Watford won 3-1, Blissett, Luther Blissett too, and John Barnes. Um, and, and there was a row with the referee at the end because Arsenal nearly equalised and then Watford broke away two against one, Blissett and Barnes. And there it was, the third goal at the clock end. And Steve Williams left the pitch in a row with the referee and George Graham intervened. It, it got very, very heated. But you'll definitely remember the semi-final because Watford went on. They drew spurs at... Uh, at Villa Park. Yes, yeah, I was at that one, Motti. I bet yeah. you were. And, and, and you remember Watford having to search for a goalkeeper yeah. because the, their first two goalkeepers, Steve Sherwood and Tony Coton, were injured. And the, they, the they waiter. The Harry waiter. Plumley, <laughs> yes, son, of the, son of the chief executive who, yeah. who was a goalkeeper, but he at the time, he was working in a wine bar in Wales. He was, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and they plunged him into this FA Cup semi-final. He didn't have a very good game, to be no. fair to Gary, but then neither did Watford because Spurs won 4-1 um, and went on to the uh, to the final, of course, against Coventry. But, mm. oh, there's, the, the, the FA Cup throws up so much excitement, doesn't it? And these these games bring back so many memories. I mean, you guys seem to remember every match I mentioned. <laughs> Well, only because we watch them on the weekend. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, not necessarily. No, no, no I mean, but there was, there was one moment, though, in that match, Motti, that struck me that if it was today, I like to look at football in context of watching that football, in context of what would happen today. And mm. that penalty shout, uh, basically, the linesman was ignored. The linesman flagged. He was ignored yes. by the referee. Watford went up the other end and scored. I mean, that would have been about a 10 minute VAR these days. <laughs> oh, definitely. I know. I remember that incident vividly. I just remember the way, you know, the, the goal. The goal the, the, the match of the day that night had to analyse it very carefully because the goal was disallowed and Watford then had three quarters of the pitch to play in. So they sealed up uh, their, their victory quite comfortably there. Um, but it, it, it just makes me think that um, how much the game has changed, how, how much quicker it's got in a way. Um, probably players more athletic now than they were then, possibly, I don't know. It's only, what is it, 30 years ago. Mm. Um, and uh, Watford, of course, at that time, I mean, it was Graham Taylor's great time there, wasn't it, in the first spell when he, when he uh, as I say, he did take them to Wembley and into Europe. Well, look, BBC have this wonderful archive, and I think we're yeah. going to see, um, as do ITV, mm. of course, and we're going to see more and more of, well, uh, of this. Yeah. See, it gives you a little sporting fix, and it's quite, you know, for me especially, I can't remember a lot of the games, so it becomes like, you know, you don't know who's going to win. You I'm know. watching a live match, oh, Randy. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> brilliant, Marty. Also, yeah, yeah, sorry, carry yeah, also, on. Also, I heard Terry Gibson talking a, when, a few minutes ago, yeah. uh, Paul. I, I did that game, by the way, Coventry 4, Liverpool nil. I'll Do you know what? Get it. John, I, you... I commentate. Yeah, I was the commentator. Well, let's to give you a little trip down memory lane. We know Terry's still listening, and Terry as well. So let's relive well, we got them. Motti commentating on Terry's hat trick. It's his finest TV moment, Terry Gibson told us half hour ago. Here it is. There are three the other way for Coventry. And Bennett may go again. And Gibson off the post and in. And Bamber is forward. And Gibson shot. And number three. Robillard stands and wonders what's happened here. And what has happened is that Liverpool are three goals down. And Gibson has beaten Neil. 
Is it on here for number four? Gin and Bamba to his right. And Gibson has completed a hat-trick. What a marvellous day. Marvelous. There we are, John. These, these great Terry. moments. And the, 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 I don't know, the one that Barry did, it wasn't one of your games, John, but Kevin Sheedy. I mean, I've never seen that. I'd forgotten this, but he basically took a free kick, oh, yeah. scored. Do you remember this? And it was disallowed. And he just the, took it again and put it in exactly the same in, place. No, he put it in the other oh, corner. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he put it in the other corner. It was amazing. Yeah, he was, was a fantastic Was, was that the Luton-Everton game? That was Everton against Ipswich. Ipswich, right. Wow. Well, I've got something to just tell you about Ipswich because... Um, in the season that I've just mentioned, when Ipswich beat West Brom in the semi-final, you're quite right, Ipswich did go on to win the Cup. But on the day Forrest lost at West Brom, Ipswich played at Millwall, and the score was Millwall 1, Ipswich 6. And it was one of the... I hate to mention this here, but I've got to say, because it, it sticks in my mind, there was some crowd trouble at the Den, mm. uh, perhaps not the first time. Um, the <laughs> old Den I'm talking about, one. of course. Um, and, and the referee actually took both teams off the pitch. Wow. And the six-round cup tie was suspended for a few minutes. And I remember Bobby Robson coming out. With this, of course, was in the well, I say, earliest days of the hooligan problem. And Bobby Robson came on to the match of the day in the evening and started saying that they should use the birch for these hooligans. And wow. that created a right old stir. But, of be. course, it all ended well for Ipswich because they went to Wembley and beat Arsenal. Alan played, uh, or Alan Brazil, of course, he played uh, along the way to that final, didn't he? Alan might have been involved in that match, quite possibly. I don't think he played in the final, did no, he? No, he didn't play in the final, no, but he, no. I think he was involved. He, he, had, he had a few chances along the way. He played in some yeah. of the earlier rounds, I think, Alan, he was he? he was just coming through then, you know, and mm. I had a little joke with him when I saw him at Cheltenham last week, Paul, and I said to him, you won't remember this, I said, that you were the first footballer ever to buy me a drink. <laughs> no great surprise there. <laughs> well, no, I know, but I didn't know him, you see. I, I went to an Ipswich Town players' lunch or something on, on the way to that cup final. Bobby Robson used to take them for a, a, a sort of a bonding lunch on the, on the Wednesday before the game. And Alan, I walked in and I'd, you know, I was sort of privileged to be invited. And Alan Brazil was at the bar. Well, I, I suppose you'd say things haven't changed a lot. <laughs> Not really, no. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, it's, I don't know if you know this, it's World Optometry Day today. Do you know what? It passed me by. It would do, really. And optician Tom Broughton has said that uh, staring at porn could hurt your eyesight. So it's true then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's I mean, worn, really, he's worn yeah. Brits. Apparently, yeah, you are on. Yes, I mean, I, I put your glasses on once, and uh, it's, it's like Lucy in the Sky with diamonds. Oh, yes, so I don't right. know what that says about you, Andy. Yes, if that re, re, uh, the other great research today, Andy, oh, yeah. uh, the cheapest place in Britain to get a portion of chips. You know where it is? I'll give you three guesses. Oh, I'll, I'll say Skegness. <laughs> you, you can say that if you like, but you're wrong. Have another guess. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Wigan. Wigan. No, try once last time. This last is the fridge time. freezer. <laughs> last time. Cheapest place to get chips. In the country. Cheapest chips. Cheapest chips in a city in Yorkshire. Oh, Leeds. No, uh, Sheffield. Oh, okay. uh, Sheffield, where you're paying £1.26 for a portion of chips. This That's is tremendous. great, really timely research. Scousers pay £1.33, apparently. This is all a bit arbitrary, isn't it? In Manchester, you'll pay £1.36, but that could come with gravy, mm. I don't know. Geordie's pay £1.60. And in London, we pay a whopping £1.60. 73. Um, really? Good 50 pence-ish more God. than they play in Sheffield. Well, you know, rents and all that and Is London it? waiting. 
Okay, well, it's nice that <laughs> you've, you've reasoned. Cambridge is the most. I mean, when when Max goes home to Cambridge, he's expected to pay two pound nineteen for a bag of chips. That's expensive. And in Edinburgh, you'll go for two pound sixteen, which is uh, yeah. which is pushing it. Or Never mind three pound sixteen during the festival. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. <clears throat> people are still uh, getting engaged, of course. And uh, today's announcement in the Times: the engagement between Mr. B. J. Butler and Miss E. J. Sketchley. Right. And I think I hope the marriage lasts, or so she might take him to the cleaners. There we are. Yeah, there yes, you go. Uh, shop hasn't existed for about twenty <laughs> years. Let's not let that get in the way. <laughs> Motty's liking that one. <laughs> Sketchley's used to be a dry cleaner's oh, kids. Yeah, yeah there right, was a, yeah, it was a chain, a chain of them. You can do. Really, got any Matt Fisheries material? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring that out. Yeah, Andy's doing his old retail Why gags. Really? Does a brilliant set. Does it? Andy does a brilliant <laughs> hour set. Just old retail. Old it's references. Just, it's fantastic. You know, I like this one, Andy. Hmm. Uh, a wacky taxidermist has created a romantic range that includes engagement rings made from a mouse's bum. Really? That's, yeah. That sounds revolting. His name is Jack Devaney. Um, he does a mouse heart and rat scrotum pendants. I think rat scrotum pendants was a Frank Zappa album, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably. And he does kidneys in diamonds. Goodness yeah. Are a girl's best friend, apparently. I don't like the idea But, yeah, his past creations includes a rat pencil case. Talking of which, yeah. um, I, I went to... <clears throat> excuse me, I went to visit my old mum yesterday. Mm. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't in the room with her. I couldn't be in the room with her, of course. So I was the other side of the glass. I didn't want to infect her, you know. Yeah, so sure. We saw uh, Peter Reed doing exactly that with his mum. Right. And it's a bit heartbreaking, really, but it was a way of seeing it, giving away. No, she better could hear than me, nothing. I could hear her. Yeah. So I waved through the window and we had a mm. bit of a chat. And. Um, as well, I was walking around, I kind of went to, she, she lives in a, in a kind of retirement flat, so I went round the grounds to get to her, kind of the, mm. the window where she is. I thought you were going to break in. Well, as I was walking, no, I told her I was coming, so not hammering on the window, give her a heart attack. But as I was walking back, what looked like a Davy Crockett hat was lying on the grass. Really? And I thought, that's very interesting. I wonder who's, who's left that there. Yeah. Then I realised it was a dead water rat. Oh, no. Slightly flattened out. Yeah. Oh my God, that's revolting. There's a, look, there's a kind of stream near where she is, a reservoir, and I think it's come from there, but it did look like... It wasn't from the, oh, no, it wasn't from the Grand Order. Oh, no. Order. No, the, order. The, the Grand Order. The Grand if, Order. No, order. I don't know if anybody's uh, actually going to be wearing that, but it, <clears> it, it looked a slightly flattened out dead rat, and then I noticed the tail didn't have any... Uh, oh, that's, that's yeah. Nice. That's that's nice. There we are. Enjoy having a late lunch this afternoon. Jonathan Beale's got in touch with you, and uh, he's uncovered a, a, a stash, I'd say, of old h and Jay shows from when, when? When are they from? From the the two thousand, very early, early on, early two thousand, two thousand. Unfortunately, they're not broadcast quality. They're not any quality at all. But they they were quite fun to listen. I to. I mean, let's others. be honest. We've never been broadcast quality. <laughs> no, we haven't. Let's, uh, let's, let's be honest. It's, the show's changed remarkably little. Yeah, it, we could have this a chat. We could have just had, and it was in two thousand. There's nothing new under the sun. It makes you realise. Not really. True. Readers' offers seem a bit trite at the moment. Every mm. lot so much does. But there's one today like. Own what was it? Let's have a look. I've got it here somewhere. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. It says own the last ever UK Peter Rabbit 50p coin. Wow. No one will take it from you anyway. It's all bother. about priorities at the moment, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. if, if that's the thing that's worrying you, <laughs> that's not worrying me at all. Life must be great. <laughs> Nothing.
<laughs> those <laughs> things don't worry. The only thing that taxes me at the moment <clears throat> is owning the last 50p <clears throat> Peter Rabbit uh, coin. And I feel a bit sorry for the, sort of the magazines because they have such long lead-in times. So mm. some of the stories are very unfortunate. You know, like one from the mail on Sunday, you know, like cruises. I mean, no one's going to go on a cruise now, are they? Best places to live are at Mars. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the Sunday <laughs> Times. These things will come into their own yeah, in, so in the fullness some, of time. But I do, time, I, do, yeah. I do agree. Adverts for cruises at the moment. Mm, not, you know, you've got nose on the back. Raphael van der Vaart. That was a strange one, wasn't it? I didn't well. see this story, Andy. What did he oh, do? He basically, I, I'll probably not pronounce this player's name correctly. Is it Bergheis? Berghaus. Uh, Stephen Berghaus. Used to play for Watford. Yeah. And uh, went back to Feyenoord. He's a £23 million rated Feyenoord winger. Uh, Awful, says the producer, who is a Watford fan. Well, he was there five years ago, but he's Mm. formed this season 22 goals and 11 assists. Has alerted a number of leading clubs. But former Spurs star Raphael van der Vaart reckons Berghaus should remain in Holland after becoming a regular starter in the national team. He said... Do you have to go somewhere like Everton when you're almost 29? If you go there and don't play well for two games, they'll replace you with a clumsy Englishman. Thanks. And you'll be out of the picture with the national team. Obviously not a great fan of Everton or our football. Bit harsh, really. A clumsy Englishman. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Talks me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport, where there's no live uh, football, specifically sport, and we've been devouring the, uh, the the sporting dramas and the sporting documentaries. Yep. And we had, uh, had a new sporting uh, drama that, that launched mm. on Friday on Netflix, The English Game, telling yes. the story of the very start of the game, back to the old Etonians and that sort of era. It was fascinating. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And Arthur Kinnear Jr. seemed yeah. like a really decent bloke. He does, but uh, according to Mike Collett, they, they play the touch fast and loose with yes, history. apparently. But uh, anyway, we don't mind that. It's fiction, isn't it? Written by Julian Fellows, who gave you Downton, etc. Um, the football scenes are very good, and we, we can now speak to the choreographer, the man who put all those together. It is uh, Mike Delaney. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon. I suppose the difficult thing would have been, I mean, you, you do normal football choreography and, and it's the game as we know it, but the difference here was this was Victorian football and it was, I wouldn't say it was unrecognisable, but pretty much it was a very different game, wasn't it? Certainly in the early stages. Yeah, completely different. I, I realised that, I realised how little I knew about the early stages of football. So I did a load of research into it, the rules and the style of play. And when I was preparing for the filming, I thought, I hope this doesn't look like it's a complete load of nonsense because <laughs> it's so different to what we're used to nowadays. You were also on a TV show back in the 90s called You Bet that I think was introduced by people like Bruce, Bruce and Matthew Kelly and Darren Day did a series as well. Uh, what, what, what did you have to do on that? Um, I, unless it's something that I submitted something for. I mean, I know that I know that there were freestyle things on that. It might have been a video that I submitted yeah. at the time, but I didn't go live on that one. You had to do kick-ups, the length of the pitch and back. Our producer did a bit of research mm. today. So, uh, oh, well, well yeah. yeah. So uh, that would have been probably something I submitted. Mm. Yeah, I've forgotten all about it myself. Yeah, I used to just sort of do kick-ups up and down the pitch. They, looking at some of the celebrities involved in this series, it's a bit of a time capsule. Um, the guests on the first ever show are Richard Digence, Kate Robbins, and Dickie Davis. Marvellous. <laughs> show two. This is a lineup you wouldn't get very often. Imagine this as a back three Kenny Sanson, Cheryl Baker, and Spike Milligan. <laughs> what a fantastic show. What a mad programme. have to dig those out. But then I was reading this morning freestyler John Farnworth travelled 50 miles across the Siberian lake. Frozen yeah. Lake doing keepy yeah. uppies. Yeah. I know John; he's incredible. Like it's sort of, 
I mean, it's already an incredible skill that he's got, but he adds that level of endurance to it. It's, it's you know, unbelievable. Amazing. Good stuff. Well, lovely to All talk right. to you, Thank Mike. You when, we'll we'll yeah, watch you the too. rest of the series. When when uh, when you can watch it, uh, I'm sure you'll yeah. enjoy it. Thanks very much for yeah. joining us. All right, thanks a lot. All the best. Mike Delaney there, um, football choreographer. In this series, you bet, this is the, this was 1988. Quite, I mean, it makes you realise how people in sport have always been very mainstream, you know. So let's just look at that first series. We mentioned Dickie Davis there, who presented World of Sport. Kenny Sampson, show two. Uh, Linford Christie, Annika Rice and Windsor Davis. That was wow. the lineup for show three. Jimmy Hill plays every week had a sporting Jimmy connection. Jimmy Hill did a lot of light entertainment. He did. Jimmy mm. Hill, Lindsay DePaul, and Ross Davidson, of course, who was in EastEnders at the They'd time. Telling Jimmy and Bruce on the same show. Can you imagine um, John Sam? John, sorry, John Fashionu as a sandwich between Sandra Dickinson and Gloria Hunniford. Can <laughs> no. you imagine that? Well, that's what happened in I you bet. John Sandwich. Yeah, the John Sandwich. <laughs> Your first ever. Um, what else have we got here? Jonas, <clears throat> Suzanne Dando, and Eddie Kidd. What, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Really? Wendy Richard, Roy oh. Castle and David Wilkie. Every week had a sports oh, they person should, in it. They should start showing those again. Henry Cooper, Thora Hood and Nino Ferretta. I'm just shouting out names now, but there's a lot of sporting ones of sporting in there most people, week. Yeah. Gazza was in an episode of it, mm. along with Melvin Hayes and Claire Rayner. What a time capsule. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is the sort of people that used to go to Sketchley's and Matt, Fish, Matt Fisher is. <laughs> Jeff Capes, Bruno Brooks and Helen Shapiro. <laughs> Beginning to sound like a Tommy Cockle sketch, isn't it really? It does. It does a bit. Uh, well, we'll leave it there. Um, so they that, had to decide whether the yeah. public could do these things. Oh, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm aware of the fact I'm shouting out names and our producer's giving me the thousand yards stare. No, no, he stare loves it. Because he's it's about 24. education. Let me ask him now. Have you ever heard of Carmen Silvera, Sean Curley or Trevor Brooking? You've heard of Trevor Brooking, haven't you? Yeah, Trevor Brooking. Sean is Curley, of course, won a gold medal in he did. Uh, hockey. Oh, he, hockey's in 1988, yeah. was it? Have you ever heard of Dame Hilda Brackett, Cliff Thorburn or Michaela Strachan? No, none. Not what none. a snooker player Dame Hilda Brackett was. <laughs> she was brilliant. She was tremendous. She did a lot of trick shots. <laughs> Michaela's still working, well, of course. There you go. It's marvellous. Um, it's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, <laughs> here on TalkSport, just shouting out old names, basically, from Wikipedia. <laughs> Week two. Um, but we're, we're going to... Yes, we will take you very shortly to Copacabana Beach. Andy Jacobs reads out old things from the Radio Times. <laughs> I think he does. Great. Week marvelous. seven, Andy bangs his head against the wall. But no, honestly... We'll keep going, even well, if you don't want us to. Um, but we are off uh, to uh, Brazil very shortly. Take oh, yeah. that. And Good. a game of... Uh, with the, we've brought lookalike cricket to Brazil back in 2014. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Mike Ward uh, from the Star joins us a little bit later on uh, for an evening of TV watching. Yes. from the many sports mm. documentaries and dramas and um, don't ask me we'll squeeze that in uh, as well before we hand over to Goffey and Adrian now we're going to transfer we've been digging into the archive a little bit over the last mm. uh, week or so and we were in uh, Russia uh, predominantly last week weren't we for uh, the 2018 yes. World Cup but we go right back now to 2014 oh, and uh, Brazil and uh, a little game that Andy and I have played uh, over the years at, at various events and uh, you've joined in as well over the years, talk sportlessness. But um, this is this probably was the first time we ever talked about it uh, on the show. I think it is all quite self-explanatory. So head back to Copacabana uh, in Rio, 2014. We've often talked about look-alike cricket. We play uh, look-alike cricket. It's a very, very simple game. It was uh, myself, Andy, and uh, Frank Skinner when we do go along to uh, Lords. 
Uh, we uh, sit down as people go up, we go and get a drink or go to the loo in the stands. Uh, we go for a look-alike. Yeah. And uh, you'll get, you might get a single or a two if they're not bad. Yeah. You've got a, a big six, of course, if oh, they yeah, are stonkers. Yeah. Or a four if that's a pretty tidy look-alike. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, at the end of the day, we see who's won the game, don't we? That's right. So and we thought we'd have a little bit of a game along uh, Copacabana Beach running yeah. into uh, Ipanema. Yeah. I think that's a very good idea. Let's be honest, we might walk for miles without seeing anybody. Well, it's happened before. It could be quite terrible radio. Yeah. Can you spot one, Andy? Let yeah. me know. Will, yeah. At the moment, it's all looking quite bleak. I've not it's seen anybody, grim, really. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, there's no people. It doesn't help. There's Thiago Silva there, don't they? Uh, Thiago Silva? That's not bad. I'll give a you, that's, single? A, that's a single. A single. A single for Thiago Silva. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one run up uh, so far okay. at the moment. Oh, it's Andy Smart. It's Andy Smart. Oh, I got, I got there first. Like that's a six. Definite six. TV's Andy Smart <laughs> from the Comedy Store Players. So, yeah. I, caught, I caught up with him. So, yeah. So six one to me. Not bad. John McEnroe there in the vest. John McEnroe in the vest. No, no, Andy. I'm afraid that's a. Te- that's almost. That's almost out. That's almost out. That's an LBW. That is. Yeah, so we got here. Oh, it's Ronnie Moore. Ronnie Moore there just walked past the. Uh, Rather than manager. That wasn't bad. No, not anymore. <laughs> Moving along then. Bloke in the yellow here. TV's Mr. Jackie Palo for wrestling fans from the 60s. That is well worth four runs. I think Andy Smart was actually cheating. Because it is actually Andy Smart. Yeah, he was. So to, I can't get to yeah. look like, so I think you're still in the lead. What's that famous American actor? I can't remember his name. Oh, that helps. <laughs> oh, I can do that. Oh, there's Chris who lives next to my auntie. Yeah, there's my, new, it's my news agent. Isn't it great to see Ernest Hemingway with us, uh, Andy? Look. Yeah, Ernest. Yeah, Ernie Hemingway. Yeah, here. that's good. Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. I'm giving Paul a four for that one. Getting ready to go. Uh, yeah. Ernie Hemingway just off. Uh, that's the very good. Andy. Very good. No, I think we'll give that a miss. That one. These two. No, I don't no, think so. They're 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 a little bit, a bit like Moose's relatives. Suddenly, the old, yeah, the old front, the front, the front has cleared ever so slightly. I've never seen it so empty. Honestly, yeah. All human life is here until we actually start playing lookalike cricket. It's no, unbelievable. Here is Terry Alderton. Yeah, I Come on. Terry. That is a Terry. Look at that. What a Terry Alderton. What are you giving me for that? I've got to be honest, my vision's getting slightly blurred from this five-rail um, Kyberinia, so I'm not... It's not ideal, not really is it, really? I'm not see yeah. who anybody is at the moment. No, there's I'm Juan Veron there, playing for Argentina. He's aged a bit. Yeah, old, old Juan Veron. <laughs> Beatrix Potter. Beatrix Potter? That's Beatrix Potter there from uh, Andy Smart. That's fantastic. I mean, why don't you drop her a card? Because I'm sure you can line up quite a lot of work with a Beatrix Potter lookalike back in England. Oh, she can open fates, can't she? Oh, we're having a party. It's our 25th wedding anniversary. And like, we want it to be a bit starry. It's a glamour. Can we have a Beatrix Potter lookalike? We're going to get some animals and dress them up as people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always a bit creepy when they do that on the Beatrix Potter, aren't they? Who have we got there? Is that David Badil? No, it's not right. David Badil. Din Omid Jalili. Din Omid Jalili. Omid may be listening to this. We do apologise, Omid, but it's a very, very thin version of you who just walked past. I think I'll have two for that. Yeah, I think that's not bad. I'll give you a Dominic two for that. McGuinness. Oh. Dominic McGuinness. Dominic McGuinness joins us. Dom. Dominic Our own TalkSport's Talk own Dominic McGuinness. That's tremendous there. I'm giving you four runs. No, four runs for that. Fantastic. Tremendous effort. No question about it. It's Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines. Good afternoon, Leighton. How are you doing? Tremendous. I'm giving you four runs for that as well. That was a tremendous Leighton Baines. You can't argue with that. I think I may have edged in front. You could well be in front now. And uh, here he is, uh, Frankie Dettori. <laughs> That's Andy. We should have runs deducted for Frankie Dettori.
<laughs> yeah, only in the height. Currently, he was quite small. Before we say so, let's take stock then. The one that looked most like the person, would you say, was Leighton Baines or Leighton not? Leighton Baines, yeah. And the one that was the best. Oh, yeah, that's a good lookalike. Who are you? Doing, Who are you? <laughs> no, I just recognised them. Oh, that's oh, good. How are you doing? Oh, I, thought they were, I thought they were playing no, no, no. lookalike cricket no, and he spotted me. Fan like you, mate. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. Right. Well, so, it, uh, the, first day, the first day's play is uh, over. It's been a good day. Let's reflect on it. Um, We'd say Leighton Baines ultimately was probably the best lookalike, would you say? I quite like Ernest Hemingway and Terry Alderton. Okay, fair enough. I'd say the most obscure one uh, was Andy Smart's Beatrix Potter. Pretty good, actually. Um, so, uh, not a bad first day. I think I've slightly edged it. I think you have. What's disappointing is when we play this game in uh, where Talksport Towers is based, it's brilliant, isn't it? But yeah. here at the Copacabana, it has been slightly disappointing. Oh, come on. We've had Leighton Baines, Beatrix Potter, <laughs> Terry Alderton. Let's be honest. Terry's a mate. But it's not difficult to find a Terry Alderton, really. Thin Omid Jalili was good. Thin Omid Jalili, <laughs> yeah. with respect, Omid. And uh, who else did we find? Uh, I found a bloke that didn't look like anything like Frankie de Tore. Yeah, so uh, I'd say that's not a bad haul. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a daft game, but uh, you, you can play Especially a lot. Especially on the radio. I'd normally say it, it, you have to trust us. These people looked a bit like uh, the ones we said they did. But um, obviously, we don't want people to be walking through crowds at the moment. So no. I think lookalike cricket is no, very, much suspended very much suspended until later in the year. Because you do need you do need a crowd of people. <laughs> the, the cape arenas we bought on the yeah, beach, were, we, they were lethal. They, they? They, <laughs> along the beach at Copacabana, they, they would just have little stalls. And uh, we had a guy called uh, Eddie who was our fixer. Um, mm. who was an Italian married to a Brazilian girl and, uh, and mm. spoke uh, Portuguese and so was our translator whilst we were there and our fixer for various events. And we walked along the beach with him. He came along with us when we did the lookalike cricket and, and recorded it. And uh, mm. there was a store, it was a mother and son selling caipirinha, selling sort of alcohol basically, mm. little cocktails on the beach. And um, they were about £1.20 each, <laughs> yeah. weren't they? And so we said to Eddie... Are these all right? Because she basically had a big industrial drum of alcohol she was making them. Really I think, you know, terrible. You know, blind or something. What, can we trust this? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're good. You know, they wouldn't be they've been there for years. Mother and son team, been there for years. I'm not sure. So, um, but, man, they were strong, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no could good. possibly hear that towards the end of lookalike cricket. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're all right. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me. Here we go then, five questions based on last week's show. Where's Adrian to ridicule me? Well, <laughs> he'll just be, he'll be sitting there uh, uh, ready to go any moment to give Eyebrows you some stick raised, at the end of, of this. Course. That's right. <laughs> He's out there listening, don't worry about that. So, um, we brought you racing on uh, Friday. We had a chat with... Um, uh, Ed Chamberlain, of course, because he had a big race meeting to go to, what, well, certainly to broadcast on, mm. on Saturday. Where yeah. did it come from? Thurless. Thurless, that's right. He was getting a lot of stick for his pronunciation of it, I think. Mick Fitzgerald was giving him some clock. He did very well, actually. I, was, I watched... Uh, I didn't see it. I watched uh, some of the racing the, during the afternoon. The guys, yeah. the guys did a good job. Um, so there we are. Uh, Thurless it is. Uh, so one out of one. Uh, we spoke to John Chapman, who was a member of a, uh, of a foundation and got a phone call from uh, Declan Rice. Do you know what they're called? Oh, yes, it's the it's the Hammers Foundation. The Hammers now. Foundation for... Uh, oh, yeah, any se- old irons? Any old irons, that's yeah, right. Yeah, their senior membership. Ooh. We spoke to uh, David Lloyd, David Bumble Lloyd, former cricketer and uh, yeah, cricket yeah. coach broadcaster. It was his birthday last week. He celebrated in isolation. How old was he? 75? 73, oh. Andy. Oh. 
no. Two sorry, years, David. I'm terribly sorry. You put two years on Bumble. You won't thank Stop you for that. the car. Stop <laughs> the car. <laughs> That's right. We spoke to Gary Wyatt, a coach, um, last week. Which country was he coaching in? China. China. Well done, Andy. Don't I think, ask me the name I of the team. Those, I think those two years are going to do for you uh, <laughs> in the end. Yeah, I know. So I think we've just got one more left. We're playing for pride now. Well, four out of five I'll take. Yeah, OK. Um, we spoke to Tim Vine. He was in the studio with us last yes, Monday. He's touring right. with a show called... Plastic Elvis. Plastic Elvis, oh, yeah. Those two years you put on Bumble. me up. With a difference there, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly good. Yeah, surprisingly surprisingly good. good. I'm sure it certainly surprised Adrian Durham. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. Uh, that's this afternoon's show. Of course, You Bet. We were telling you about You Bet, the old TV show there, yeah. which... Um, I might wonder if they're still on YouTube. I'm interested. Now I'm intrigued just because of some of those sporting <laughs> lineups. Watching old it's you bets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we will catch up with you uh, tomorrow. Uh, and yes, stay safe and thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.